low-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Hopefully you had a great weekend. I'm glad that you're back with me. We're going to be talking about uh, gun culture on the program today. What that term actually means versus what the anti-gunners would like to define it as. Uh, before we get to that, however, here's something we really have to think about. What is happening with the banks? It's literally crazy. Can you imagine what this is going to do to the retirement savings of America? Now, I want to tell you what I've heard from Augusta Precious Metals. Gold buying's on fire right now because people want gold IRAs to protect their retirement savings. And get this. If you have 100000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. That's a big deal. A pure gold coin for free. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and learn how you can get started with gold. Don't let bank failures get you down. Get this free gold and get some peace of mind. Just call 855-222-4997 to learn whether gold can help protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. So I ran across this column over the weekend by uh, LZ Granderson. The NBA has a gun culture problem. Yeah. He's talking about uh, John Morant of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, he was suspended by the, uh, the team and then I guess by the league for a uh, Instagram video in which he's in the passenger seat of a car and he's waving his gun around. This comes after he was suspended for eight games uh, earlier this season after brandishing a gun in a Denver nightclub. He's also been accused by a, a teenager of pulling a gun or at least displaying a gun during a pickup basketball game at Morant's house. And uh, L.C. Granderson says that this is all the fault of gun culture. Yeah. Uh, but he says this is about more than John Morant. He says the story doesn't have to be about wasted talent and a messy breakup. This could be something more because the stakes are so much higher than whether Morant's career recovers. He says, did you know that at the beginning of this NBA season, a 17-year-old basketball player by the name of Shema Roman was fatally shot in the face while standing outside with friends near her grandmother's house in New York. Two people just walked up to them and started shooting. Roman wasn't even a target. The next month, 16-year-old Latrell Duncan, a high school basketball player out of East Orange, New Jersey, was shot and killed after school. One of Duncan's former teammates quoted as saying he was one of the ones who was really going to make it. There's a few people who you know can say, got it, he was one of those. And maybe he was, Granderson writes, we'll never know. In December of last year, 20-year-old college basketball player Philip Urban was shot and killed in Connecticut. Robbery. Two teenagers, 16 and 17, charged with his murder. School massacres get national media coverage, Granderson writes, but they aren't the only kind of shooting that robs us of young promise. And if he had stopped there, I would agree with him. Even though that's not gun culture. And of course, Granderson didn't stop there. He said, let's not make this all about Morant. It's easy to say that he was a role model and his attitudes are the real danger, but he's just one person. In the Instagram videos, Morant is engaging in an aspect of gun culture that some white members of Congress model for Christmas pictures, showing off the weapon. Each scene disturbs certain people for different reasons. My hope, he writes, is that the NBA and Nike will talk about those reasons and these subcultures that celebrate guns. The league and the brand have huge and diverse audiences, and if they could change a few minds, they could save untold lives. So, a guy who, again, not only, you know, showing off his gun in the passenger seat of a moving vehicle, moving around, which, by the way, violates all kinds of rules of gun safety, 
But again, um, was caught brandishing a gun in a Denver nightclub and has been accused of pulling a gun on a teenager during a pickup basketball game in his house is the same as some Republican in Congress taking a Christmas photo with their family and their kids and all of their guns on display. No, I don't think so. One of those things is an example of, let's say, lawful gun culture. The other, not so much. And the incidents that Granderson writes about, these three horrific killings of high school basketball players in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, all instances of violent crime happening in places where the existing power structure has tried for decades to obliterate a culture of lawful gun ownership. You know, we just saw this in New Jersey with the post-Bruin concealed carry laws, most of which have been struck down, at least temporarily, by a federal judge. The powers that be, the Democrats in charge of the New York, or excuse me, the New Jersey legislature, made it clear that uh, more guns is the problem, right? So fewer people exercising their right to keep him arms. That's the solution. Saw the same attitude on display in Maryland, where the uh, spokesperson for Governor Wes Moore talked about more guns on the street doesn't help anybody, right? Got to go after the guns. And you got to eradicate, or at least chill, lawful, Gun ownership. Well, when you do that, what happens? The guns don't go away. Clearly. Again, Granderson was writing about shootings in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. States that have, particularly in New York City uh, and uh, Jersey and Connecticut, very low rates of legal gun ownership. Right Again, for decades, they've tried to make guns taboo. They've tried to make the exercise of, a, uh, of your right to keep your arms a criminal offense in as many circumstances as possible. Haven't got rid of the guns. But they've done a number on lawful gun ownership, and they've done a number on lawful gun culture. You know, real gun culture in this country generally doesn't make headlines because a culture of lawful gun ownership doesn't really generate a lot of headlines. Sure, uh, self-defense stories. We'll get to today's armed citizen story in just a little bit. But it's rare for you to see stories about, uh, you know, thousands of people show up at a, a gun range and nothing happened, right? So I think that Granderson has a false impression of gun culture and what that really looks like. What he's describing is not gun culture, as I think of it anyway. I think he's describing a culture of criminality, a culture that doesn't give a damn about innocent victims, doesn't give a damn about thinking anything beyond the next five minutes, has no concern and really no fear of consequences because they are so rarely provided by the criminal justice system. When cities like Chicago have a homicide clearance rate below 50%, when 80 to 90% of non-fatal shootings go unsolved, yeah, you, you may run into a large number of violent criminals who believe they can get away with their actions because they are getting away with their actions. But again, that's no more evidence of gun culture 
than ascribing uh, drunk driving to car culture. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. Here's what real gun culture looks like. Ran across a couple of headlines past couple of days. Community turns out for inaugural gun show. This was in uh, Cole County, Missouri, where thousands of people showed up for the uh, first gun show held at the uh, JC's Fairgrounds. It was, you know, I mean, listen, there was, it was just kind of an innocuous story. Uh, people showed up. People bought guns. Everybody had a good time. Although there was there was one twenty year old who was quoted uh, as uh, having to wait approximately ten days to per- pick up the AR fifteen that he purchased because of the extended background checks now on uh, gun buyers under the age of 21. So this 20-year-old, Luis Anguiano of California, Missouri, bought a a long gun from an FFL on Friday night, came back on Saturday to look at his gun, but he couldn't take it home. He said he's a little frustrated that he didn't wait to receive his fire, mostly because he already owns a rifle that's registered. He says it makes no sense. I have to wait 10 days. I don't understand why I can't take home another gun, even though I already have a clear representation that I'm not going to do anything. He says, uh, it's just fun for me, saying that he shoots his gun at a range. And again, that's the case for the vast, vast majority of gun owners out there who you will never hear about. They will never make the local news because they're, again, acting lawfully and responsibly. That's real gun culture. Here's another example. Modern Woodman's annual gun raffle raises over $3,500 for local emergency services. Dawson County, Georgia. Again, not a huge story unless you live in Dawson County. In which case, the $3,500 donated or raised, I should say, by uh, community members, uh, thanks in part to a uh, gun store called Appalachian Armory, which donated an AR-style rifle. Uh, That's big news. And uh, the local paper did have a write-up quoting the uh, Appalachian Armory's gunsmith and part owner Zachary Hudson, as well as Army Representative Dana Thorne, uh, who said, we love to help out with stuff like this all the time. Anything we can do. We also talked with the Dawson County Fire Chief and Emergency Medical Director, Troy Leist, who said seeing the amount of money raised for his department through the raffles encouraging to him and his fellow firemen and women, saying, quote, anytime the community can come together to help each other, and it's not even just helping us, it's helping children or anything else, it's a community effort. Everybody should be helping each other, and that's what makes community. Yeah, absolutely. And again, nothing controversial about a rifle raffle. Sometimes you'll see this, by the way. Sometimes, you know, some group will hold a rifle raffle and two or three people complain. All of a sudden, local news media picks up on its big story. Generally, what happens is they end up selling more tickets as a result. But in Dawson County, Georgia, that doesn't raise any red flags or eyebrows at all. Sounds like. Instead, just raised a lot of money for a local department. That's good. And again, that's another evidence of lawful gun culture. Now, the crimes that Granderson describes are real, and they are tragic. But they also all took place in states with very restrictive gun control laws. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Which suggests that maybe strict gun control laws aren't the answer to stopping these types of crime. In fact, maybe the answer, in at least reducing the number of these incidents, is encouraging a culture of lawful gun ownership, not discouraging it, not trying to push gun ownership to the fringes and to the shadows of our society, but bringing it out of the sunlight, allowing ranges to open up, allowing gun stores to open up, allowing not just mandating that people get education and training, but encouraging people to get education and training. 
by, again, allowing them places to go and train. You know, I don't know how many times we've seen this over the past couple of years where states enact new gun control laws, new training mandates, and it's months before you can even get in. We're seeing this in New York right now. There are people who are waiting months at a time, Maryland as well. People waiting months at a time trying to get the required and mandated training before they can exercise a fundamental right. Because at the same time the state is mandating this training, the state is also discouraging gun ownership in general. It makes it hard to get that training. Again, that doesn't get rid of guns. It doesn't reduce irresponsible behavior with firearms. In fact, I'd say it encourages it. So if Granderson is really serious about fixing the problems that he identifies here, it's not that the NBA or Nike needs to have a a discussion about gun culture, which in Granderson's view is just code for more gun control. Now, maybe the league, as well as its uh, corporate partners, needs to get serious about embracing the right to keep and bear arms and actually encouraging responsible gun ownership rather than just trying to eradicate gun ownership altogether. Because again, we see what the results are. The guns don't go away. Responsible gun owners are few and far between, but the criminal misuse of firearms continues unabated. Fewer rights, more crime? No thanks. Let's let's go with respecting, strengthening our right to keep and bear arms and encouraging, you know, 16, 17-year-olds to uh, channel their inger- ener- energies, excuse me, in uh, more responsible directions rather than, I don't know, random armed robberies on the street. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there with a, a case out of Florida. Police in uh, Apalaca, Florida, say that a uh, gun battle may send a drive-by shooting convict to prison for the third time. Yeah, he's only 30 years of age, which kind of makes you wonder, uh, why is he not out of prison? Lorenzo Shine, or why is he out of prison? Lorenzo Shine... Uh, According to Local 10 in Florida, known in the streets of northern Miami-Dade County as Doo-Doo. All the good street names are taken. Or Blaze. Over the years, his reputation in Apollock has also earned the street moniker Shine Murder. Yeah. Well, 30-year-old Lorenzo Shine is back behind bars. Uh, held without bond. Uh, picked up on Friday in connection with um, at least two incidents. Seven charges. Uh, Two charges after a Miami Gardens police arrest and a a new case on Friday with five charges for an Apalaka shooting. Now, according to Local 10, Lorenzo Shine's Department of Corrections file notes that he was already on probation, probation that would have uh, ended in 2027, uh, but police say he returned to Apalaka and again uh, took part in this shooting. His criminal record dates back to the age of 18 when he was arrested for burglary and grand theft of a vehicle. Uh, Just before his 21st birthday, Shine was arrested again for armed burglary and robbery. And before his conviction, he was arrested for another armed burglary as well as a probation violation. So that was, what, roughly nine years ago, 2012, he uh, confessed uh, to this uh, drive-by shooting. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. So that's 2012. I'm skipping ahead. He's sent to prison. He's released June 16th, 2018. So, six years, five and a half years, 
for, again, multiple counts of armed burglary and robbery, which seems like a pretty good deal for Shine. Uh, but he gets out. Shortly thereafter, he is accused of taking part in a drive-by shooting in which two football players at Florida International University were injured. He uh, confessed to his involvement in that shooting, and he went back to prison in 2019 until he was released last year. So, less than four years for taking part in a drive-by shooting as a convicted felon. He's released from prison, still on probation. Uh, apparently violated his probation and uh, was a fugitive from that point on. Um, again, arrested Friday in connection with a, a shootout in uh, Apalaka. He is uh, facing charges of third-degree theft, resisting arrest for the Miami Gardens case, uh, and now for the shooter in Apalaka, facing two counts of attempted first-degree murder with a deadly weapon, using a firearm while committing a felony, possession of a weapon by a convicted felon, as well as discharging a firearm in public. And again, can't help but wonder if this most recent crime ever would have taken place had Mr. Shine been sentenced to some serious time for any of his previous violent offenses there in Florida. Now, today's Armed Citizen story from uh, Tennessee, Rutherford County, where police say the victim in a road rage shooting also had a gun. And ended up chasing the suspect down and holding him for police. Now, I, I listen, I will say, can't necessarily recommend this course of events. If you are in a, uh, a road rage incident, somebody uh, cuts you off, somebody, maybe somebody takes a shot at you, God forbid. Um, I'd say the safest course of action is to try to get their license plate, maybe follow at a distance while you're on the phone with police. But there is no denying that this story does have a happy ending. Uh, according to the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, this happened on Friday. Uh, the suspect, 32-year-old DePizio C., was driving on Interstate 24 when the Sheriff's Office said he fired at least two rounds out of his passenger window, hitting the victim's truck. The victim chased him down, called 911, held him at gunpoint. The uh, two were found at a restaurant in Smyrna, which is about 25 miles southeast of Nashville. Police haven't said uh, how the victim got the suspect to pull over. Uh, or the type of gun that he used to uh, hold him until police arrived. Uh, identifying the victim only as a 40-year-old man from uh, White Bluff, which is about 50 miles northwest of uh, Smyrna, Tennessee. Victim, thankfully, again, not struck by the uh, two rounds fired at his truck. No other drivers were injured. Uh, meanwhile, the PZOC, who now lives in Nashville, uh, apparently wanted as a fugitive in Illinois. Don't know for what charges, but he is now facing charges in Tennessee of aggravated assault. Reckless endangerment, as well as uh, possession of marijuana. He's uh, due in court in late August. We'll uh, keep our eyes on the story, bringing more details as they become available. And finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. I, I Honestly, I'd like to think that I would do the same thing. But boy, I would have a moment of hesitation if I was uh, in a parking lot and I saw a purse and I opened it up, and there was $30,000 in cash inside. Yeah. Happened in uh, Lindsay, California. Don't know anything at all about the Good Samaritan other than they did the right thing. They, According to the Lindsay police, they immediately handed over that purse with all the cash inside. Two authorities, they were able to track the uh, owner of that purse down, return uh, the purse and the $30,000 in cash to its rightful owner. Again, I like to think that I do the right thing, but, uh, whew, man. 
home repair, doctor's bills. It's been a while since I've had a chance to buy a new gun. $30,000 windfall. Boy, that sounds nice. But uh, good for that good Samaritan for not hanging on to the cash and doing the right thing. Hopefully, hopefully. We don't know this, but uh, I'd like to think that the Good Samaritan did get a nice reward out of that $30,000 from the rightful owner there. Fingers crossed that that happened. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow on uh, 2A Tuesday. But don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We are constantly updating the website with the latest information about the right to keep your arms that you need to know about. And if you like what you see, I would encourage you to be a VIP member as well. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive stories, analysis, content you won't find anywhere else because your support matters, and it really does make a difference. So thank you very much for your support again. All right, have a great rest of your Monday, as good as a Monday can be. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.